0: Hello everyone, Dennis Gebhardt here with Guru Nation, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. You know, I'm very fortunate today because I have a guest with me and uh, we are longtime friends. We've been friends for many years. In fact, he was the first person that introduced me into doing podcasts and his name is Anthony Presoto. He is out of Australia. He is a salon owner. He is an educator. Uh, he teaches for a company in, in in Australia. He is also a prolific writer. He writes many articles. He writes education, and he writes educational format. So, Anthony, my friend, I am so happy that you're joining me today.
1: Hi, Dennis. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, good. I'm really, really glad. Now, here's the thing. Uh, today, I, I was noticing uh, I had a thing pop up on my Facebook page. Funny about Bruce Lee and I shared that with everyone and then I remembered an article that my friend Anthony wrote July 22nd of 2017 about the seven lessons from Bruce Lee that made him a better hairstylist and now I know we don't have time to talk about this today but I would like to bring you back and talk about this. I thought it was an amazing article that you wrote and it really is stayed with me all that time. So, see, your stuff hangs out; it stays with us.
1: <laughs> it's good to know I've got some sort of longevity. Um, yeah, it, that was. I, I remember writing that article. Uh, it, and I saw your Bruce Lee post this morning as well. It's um, amazing where we can draw our inspiration and our. Um, I don't know what word I'm looking for there, but anyway, inspiration will do. Um, And and Bruce Lee is one. uh, And I think martial arts is uh, the discipline required behind it is is relevant to a lot of things, not just hairdressing. So I I found that article was from the heart. It's a lot of things that really stick with me still. Uh, I sort of vaguely remember it. I can't remember all of it, but... um, the, the the thing that really stuck with me was probably how I finished it. And that was that I wanted to make sure that my life and my career was um, um, as amazing as it could be. Yes. And it, it definitely has been. And thanks to uh, modern technology, things like podcasts, digital magazines, which you know I was a part of back in the day, it has been. And yeah, hopefully I get to stick around for a bit longer as well.
0: Well, I'm sure you will because you've had a lot of impact on people. And um, those people who leave imprints on other individuals, they seem to have a lot more longevity. So today I want to talk to you trainer to trainer, because I know as a trainer, you know, in the salon is where we draw a lot of our life, our life stories. But as a trainer, sometimes we share the same challenges or we have different, it gives us a different perspective on the industry. I know as a trainer, one of my biggest flaws is I assume that everyone knows what I'm talking about. And that's not always the case. So I would like to hear your perspective as a trainer. So I put together a couple of questions here today. And uh, the first one is, uh, what do you find as a trainer to be the biggest challenge to ensure information transfers successfully? When you're When you're teaching a class, when you're facilitating a program, are there any challenges that you can share with other trainers that they need to overcome to make sure that that information is transferred successfully to the learner?
1: Yeah, uh, look, there are a lot. Um, So I'll try to focus in on a couple, I think, that are specifically important. Probably the first one is, as you mentioned, remembering that not everybody knows what you know. So it's very, very hard to um, talk at a level sometimes that may be well above the, the information that they have. So uh, th- that's something I found initially that was really, really tough. I, I was had kind of, uh, a fear of, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, I can't think. Of it. I'll come back to that. But yeah, I had a fear of um, would I have enough information to offer people because I just felt that everybody knew this stuff and as working an educator now for four years i realize they don't uh, they don't even have sometimes the simplest uh, understanding of what we have so i think it's important to to realize that you uh if, if you've put any more effort in than just your, your beauty school or your apprenticeship here in australia uh education then you probably know more than most so be aware of that when you, when you're training people that you, you need to be able to Remember that they may need to be brought up to where you're at. So that comes then into the second point is that you need to know your information inside and out. You need to have a real depth of information because it's only from that depth of information that you can then translate and simplify to the degree needed by people. Because just reading something and knowing something and not really knowing it within you means it's very hard to translate that into the simplest terms for people. Uh, for example, I was in a, uh, a salon in the last couple of months and these were hairdressers that were 15, 20 years in the business and they were having trouble with neutralizing colors. Mm. And I, and like the first go-to is just opposite of the color wheel. If it's red, put green on it. They still couldn't get it. And I had to then think of a way I could explain that to them that would get them to understand. So we ended up talking about primary colors and that our goal with neutralizing is to create a a chromatic gray, which is virtually impossible with hair color. Um, We always end up with a chromatic gray. Um, So to create gray, we know that we've got to be the center of the color wheel. So that's equal parts of primary colors. So if you've got red, then you need the other two primary colors to make gray. And that's neutralization. 15 years and it's finally clicked. Yeah. Just a different way of explaining exactly what I explained previously to them. So, yeah, you've got to have a depth of knowledge to be able to simplify it to the, as much as possible for people to get. Because once they get it, then they keep rolling with it. And once they feel that you can explain it to them, then they become more interested, which is the next thing I, I think is really important, is learning how to communicate, and how, learning how to keep people engaged in what you're doing. Keep them excited, keep them interested. Uh, because in a workshop, in a classroom, Situation, it can fall very flat, especially if it's not going to be a six or eight hour stint. Uh, you need to be able to keep them interested in what you're doing, keep them excited about it. So, I, I think I, I spent a lot of time on education in expanding my knowledge in, in my industry. But now, as an educator, I find myself looking more into learning how to communicate, learning how to keep people interested. and that is probably my goal going forward, and I think it should be a goal of all educators: is learning how to communicate that information across. Because if you can't communicate it, just, you're just not going to keep them interested, and they're just not going to learn it. Yeah,
0: that's that's very true. Uh, it's interesting that you say um, you have a little bit of insecurity. I think all trainers do when we go to do a yes. class, right? And and then we get surprised. Um, are there any special um, behaviors or techniques or exercises that you could share with the folks about you know what do you what do you do to make sure the whole group is engaged or what you what do you do to uh, and how often do you practice you know your skills so that you can be prepared for that class
1: okay i practice my skills probably in my head on an ongoing daily basis i I try to uh i i tend to self-audit myself from all the workshops I I do run or when I talk to people, to did that get across, did they get that information correctly? Um, Could I have said it in a more simple way? Could I have said it in a clearer way? And so I constantly have these ongoing conversations with myself. I practice uh, quite a lot when I'm going to produce some sort of content, like, say, via Facebook Live or something like that. They say that you should practice for every minute of what you're going to deliver, you need to practice it for 10 minutes. So that's yeah. the sort of rule I tend to follow and make sure I practice at least 10 times. Uh, as far as engaging within a class, you can tell when people are starting to fall asleep. And I think the worst thing we can do is we stand up in front of a group of people and we just talk. It's important to be interactive. And it's the same with doing uh, a podcast or an interview in that. It, it gets very boring if it's just a talking head there all the time. So that interaction between people. So I like to tend to make my workshops very interactive. So they... Give me feedback as we're going along. That keeps them interested. It allows them to feel comfortable uh, to ask questions if they don't understand anything. If you notice people talking amongst themselves, that's a pretty good sign you've lost them. So keeping an eye out for that and keeping people involved. And, and yeah, I, I think we're, as adult learners, I don't think we're really interested in sitting there and being lectured to as we were children in the classroom. Right. I think it really needs to be that interactive back and forth amongst uh, the facilitator and the, the attendees to make sure that, it, again, that information transfers across. Also, learning to learning to speak, you know, it, it, if you learn to speak in a very animated way and and learn how to control and work with your voice, your voice is a tool. So you need to be able to keep them interested and the um, attention on you who are speaking. So, yeah, that, that's what I would... Consider really important to keeping their attention and keeping them aware.
0: Right. Now, yeah, so you so you let them actually take a little bit of ownership of the class, right? So-
1: Definitely. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, it's. Uh, I, I tend to think that we we people f- see things as their their secrets, and uh, I'm not there to teach you secrets. You you know what I'm going to teach you. There's nothing that new. Right. What I want you to do is understand either my modern interpretation of it. My interpretation of it, uh, my point of view on it, and I want your feedback on it as well. Uh, You know, to become successful at whatever I'm going to teach you, I need you to become, uh, to own it and it become part of you. Whether you decide at the end of the workshop that I got nothing from that, so I know now that that is not something for me, or you embrace it completely and it changes how you work in the salon that's up to you. And you can only get that by your interaction and involvement in the workshop. You can't get it by just sitting there and looking at some PowerPoint slides and listen to me prattle on.
0: Right. Yeah, we've all been in that monotone class where they just go from one PowerPoint slide to the other and all of that. Well, that's really uh, great information and interesting perception on that. And I think that's what uh, really makes your classes successful. So thank you for sharing that with me. All right, so I have another question for you. Um, Where do you, as a trainer, feel our fellow professionals have needs in mastering hair color in this industry? You know, as a trainer, you know you get to work with these folks, so you get to see their their good the good points about them, their high points, and you get to see their weaknesses. So, if if you could encapsulate that and and share with us, where do you see that and I, I think it's a global issue. So I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say.
1: Very much so. I, I think it comes down to the same it is with all education. If you don't sit there willing to take in that information, uh, it, it's, it, you're not going to get any benefit from it. I remember I sat in a workshop probably about 20 years ago, and it was a, it was a pretty controversial workshop. And the facilitator, the first thing he said was, take everything you know, put it under the seat, listen to what I've got to say, and work with me for these next three days. And then at the end of it, if you feel, like I said, if you feel it's not for you, throw it away. But if you feel and take back what you you know, uh, but if you feel that there is some benefit, integrate it in. I think I see this, this is the disparity I see in some workshops. Usually not when it's an in-salon workshop, it's usually when you have a group together where you have very many different people. You have the hairdresser that's been doing it for a long time that thinks they know it all. You have the hairdresser that's been doing it a long time and knows they don't know it all. You have young hairdressers who have just finished in Australia, it's a three-year apprenticeship. And they think, you know, I've just put three years, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fine. Uh, and then you've got those that have just finished their apprenticeship and are like, I, I'm, I'm hungry for more. So I, I think it's that, the biggest hurdle we have is no, like you say, uh, Knowing what you don't know, right. and being able to take that on board, and whether and like I said, it's uh, for myself. For hair cutting, for example, uh, I've learned many, many different systems of hair cutting, and some I, I just they just don't fit me. They don't fit my style. They don't fit my aesthetic. Some I can take bits and pieces of, and others I've embraced everything about it because it it just fits with me so well. Right. And I think that's what you've got to do with any sort of education. You've got to take what works for you. And what is going to be a benefit for you, and then you create your own understanding of how you're going to do hair. I'm a very commercial hairdresser, so I don't um, I don't do a lot of avant garde work in that. So that really doesn't interest me that much. The color theory does. The, the, the technical proficiency to do a lot of that sort of stuff does. Um, but you know, as long as I can get grey coverage and I can do a balayage and some foils, then I'm pretty right. But it doesn't stop my desire to learn the information, the things I don't know or techniques that may help me in somewhere along the line. You know, I've been in this industry now for 40 years and I would hate to think that I ever got to the point where I knew it all or I've done it all. I don't think I ever could. Right. And um, so that, that's probably the biggest hurdle. I don't know if that's what you guys see in the US, but it's definitely something I see here is people's resistance to learn more uh, and especially where they think, they they've done so much or or so so for so long, more so long. Uh I don't know where I got this quote from, but you know, there's a difference between like me being in the industry for 40 years and doing something different and learning, or being in the industry for 40 years and doing the same thing I did in the first year.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You know, there's people in our industry who say, uh, you know, I'm a veteran. I've been doing hair color for 20 years. And You kind of ask them, well, then, have you been learning every year? Because if you've been doing the same thing, you've just been doing a figure eight. You've just been going in a circle. And I think that what happens for us is that people say, I already learned that. I learned that already. Well, guess what? It's going to come back around again. And it may come back around in a different form. It may be delivered differently. It may look slightly different. So... When someone says, I've learned everything, they really stop growing. Would you agree?
1: Definitely. Definitely. There's so much is look, I really can't think of anything much we're doing that's not being done before. Uh, for example, I've just finished completing a balayage workshop, uh, Fundamentals of Balayage. Balayage, 1970s uh, with the Caritas sisters in France. Um, what's changed? Our interpretation, our understanding of how to apply that more than just slapping lightener on the hair it's working with the geometry of the hair um working with the more artistic expression of it knowing how the negative space is going to work the light the dark how that works the uh saturation the understanding of how the actual chemicals we use work uh, to get us that lift that we need how to modify that and get more than what we expect still the same balayage we were doing in 1975. But we've got a whole slew of information behind it now and interpretations, and you can see so many people doing different versions of balayage. It's all still balayage. Right. But everybody puts their spin on it and makes it a bit more exciting. And I think, yeah, if you were doing back what you were doing in 1975, it would be a little boring.
0: Well, you're right. And the funny thing I noticed is that balayage has gone from a technique. It's now a look. It, yes. it's, it's morphed it's morphed into <laughs> because of so many people's interpretation of that and um that's exactly
1: what I, I i tend to i know this is sidetracking on this but i tend to look at balayage as a i, I look at it as lightning now so if I, I have someone come in i'm talking about illuminating their hair creating brightness around the face creating depth and dimension i might do that with balayage i might do it with foils because like you said it's all morphing it's it's all becoming yes. uh, a mixture it's all becoming a very hybrid so we are. Uh, it's we, and that's what we do when people come in we should ask them how they want to look and do that for them That's right. um we don't
0: they,
1: we, whether we do it with balayage we do it with foils we do it standing on one foot it really doesn't matter You're it's right. our ability is to create the look they want and right. they don't need to know look they'll come asking for balayage and they'll show you a picture of something in foils or it doesn't really matter and and don't bother correcting them just do the work and create the look
0: exactly and you've done your job yeah yeah you know you were talking about you're a commercial hairdresser and you're you're not always interested in doing some of the avant-garde things and but i think that and Tell me what you think about this. I think those avant garde things in fashion, let's go to fashion, not about hair color. In fashion, when you see the runway clothing, it's extreme. But they don't do that to tell you you need to start doing clothes this way. They do that to give you inspiration. So you can still go, even as a commercial hairdresser, and draw inspiration. From what they're doing right
1: exactly um it's it, it, that is exactly how it translates down they create these high-end fashions that are to the extreme that to the point sometimes they can look a little ridiculous but it does trickle down there's little points of that whether it's the color the style the cut that trickles down into mainstream fashion i think if if you if anybody that's listening hasn't seen it uh, watch The Devil Wears Prada. There's a scene in that where um, Miranda, I think it is the name, um, talks about how uh, the assistant's blue top is a, a whole oh, yeah, trickle down effect that. from the of fashion. Listen to that because that's how it works, and it, it's very, very true. And and it's, it is, you know, like I may not be doing a lot of vibrant colours, right but I may be using vibrant reds in a particular way in my highlights that create a beautiful look that's very commercial. It's very what people can walk out of my salon wearing. Um, If I team that with orange and yellow and make this mane of flames, maybe not my clientele, but that's where I draw that inspiration from, that red, Um, that violet mahogany that I'm seeing around lately that is becoming more and more part of my work it's coming from that high-end sort of work
0: right right no i think you're absolutely right there and i think well have you seen the wolf cut the
1: wolf cut yeah. is a makeover yes.
0: of the shag <laughs> so it all yes. comes back doesn't it
1: and and i love a good shag uh, <laughs> and that's <laughs> okay, that's now. um whether english australian or american that makes a lot of different Connotations there, yes, but yeah, it look, it, it's it's a shag, and there's so many different ways you can cut a shag, and it's um yeah just that inspiration. I see a lot of that seventies coming back um right. and modernizing. It's it's like we said, you know, nothing hasn't been done. It's putting your spin on it, and modernizing it, and making it your thing. I think right. is really important.
0: Well, look, I think uh, I want you to come back and do another podcast with me. Will you do that?
1: Oh, most definitely. Anytime.
0: All right. Great. So I think we're at the end of our time here. So let me just ask you, is there one, any final thing you want to share with uh, the listeners? If you had, <sighs> okay. If you, if you had to give them, if you had to share one thing that, that keeps you passionate about this business, what would
1: that be? What keeps you passionate about this business? Knowing I don't know everything. So learning what I don't know. Yeah. And... I'm going to give a, a big plug for your book uh, because that if uh, like, I, I have uh, a workshop I, I facilitate um, called Colour Bootcamp, which delves into hair structure. Because uh, apart from hair dressing, I've also done trichology and a whole heap of other stuff. Uh, so we go into hair structure, hair colour and formulation, things like that. And it's basically the textbook I recommend to everybody that attends that workshop because And I myself, I have it. I've read it twice now because I can never imagine that I'm going to know it all. And there are little things that I miss or you you, you pick up or you, after reading, you go back and read it again and you view it in a different way. It's don't stop learning. Well,
0: that's great. Well, look, it has certainly been a pleasure chatting with you, my friend. And I look forward to our next time together. And for uh, those people who want to, are you on, you're on Instagram. I am on
1: Instagram at Anthony Presotto, That's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-P-R-E-S-O-T-T-O. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook exactly the same. I don't do TikTok. Um, Yeah, there are two places you can reach out to me.
0: Great. Well, listen, I encourage you to give uh, give Anthony a follow. I think you'll uh, find it very beneficial. Anthony, my friend, I thank you so much and uh, as always, to our listeners, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. I am out. Anthony, thank you so much, my friend. We thank wish you, you all. Happy coloring. Have a wonderful day. The preceding broadcast was a production of Guru Nation, a brand-neutral educational resource for salon professionals around the world.